0: This week, we're going to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather, and we're just going to kind of speak into the circumstances, speak into the coronavirus and kind of what it's doing and what it's creating in this space. And so uh, we're doing a live stream this morning because we thought it was important not to just gather, but but wherever you're at, you can gather, and we can do this together. The coronavirus is trying to isolate us. It's trying to make us live in fear. It's trying to do so many things, and this is why it's so important to be in community in this time, and while we're so in separate places, you're in your living room, I'm here on the stage, all kinds of places, we're still the church. We still do this together, and so we believe when we can all gather at one time, there's such an important value in that wherever you're at, whether you're with some people you love, whether you're by yourself watching you're a part of our family. So welcome. Thanks for being here. I want to pray this morning. I want to pray a little bit differently. um, I'm just going to ask you, I know this is kind of weird. You're sitting in front of your computer screen or your phone or wherever you're at. And man, I'm going to ask you to just bow your head, close your eyes, and I'm just going to pray the Lord's Prayer. But I'm going to pray it in a different translation, just because I think this is what we need to hear this morning. I think this needs to be our words that God, God, God is like saying, hey, I've got this in control. So bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to pray this. It says, Our Father, in heaven, reveal who you are, set the world right, do what's best as b- above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge, you can do anything you want. I think we all need to remember that in this season. You're ablaze in beauty, yes, 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 amen. So I think it's uh it's no shock to any of us that everything's changing around us so fast. And as it's changing so fast, I think a lot of us are figuring out, well, what's the right response in this time? And it's scary, it is. And to admit that you're maybe not a little fearful would I think Would not to be honest. I mean, I think I've had that question of going, everyone's buying toilet paper. Should I buy toilet paper? Should I be stocking up? I mean, I think we're just asking those questions and not to make fun of anyone and not to judge, but to really go, man, there is a fear. There is a scare. And this coronavirus has taken us by surprise. And man, we have lost so many loved ones in this time, in this season, and it's tragic. There's so many people that have gone before they were supposed to go is what it feels like. This life is so short. And it has totally disrupted the rhythm, disrupted everything. Schools are closed, events are canceled, graduations, things are being postponed. I mean, it's a a crazy time to be alive. And as we just kind of look at this, my heart goes out to so many of you out there that have obviously, first off, just lost someone you loved. In this process, losing someone in this whole crazy thing. And then, for those of you that have, man, put in the time and the hours and the work for some event that was canceled, postponed, whatever it is, and man, my heart just hurts for you. It really does. Because I, I think we all know what it's like to pour our life in the hours and the minutes when no one's watching and no one's looking to say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm dreaming of. Whether that be college athletes that are looking forward to March Madness. Whether that be seniors in high school that have been looking to graduate. Um, whether that's been some event that you've been rehearsing for and practicing. And now it's like, this was my whole life. This is all I could see that was in front of me. I actually didn't know what it looked like after that. And now we're kind of sitting in this area where people are working from home. People can't go to the Apple stores. Um, Man, it's a crazy time to be alive. And we are being disrupted. And in the midst of being disrupted, I believe that not that God is causing this, but God is using this season in everyone's life. That He is opening people up to the gospel, to what it really is the good news. And so I just want to I, I think Jesus invites you, He invites me into something this morning. And I believe this is his invitation. In the mix of all the things going on, he says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He invites all of us into that. All of us into that right now. And I think more than ever as a, as a nation, as a, as, as a world, as everything, this is what we need. We need a real rest. We've all been in rhythms right now. We've all been going to work 9 to 5, going to school, practicing for events, all this stuff. And Jesus saying, hang, hang, hang on here. I'm disrupting everything. I'm allowing it to happen. And not only am I allowing it to happen, but I'm inviting you into something more. I'm inviting you in to a rhythm, an unforced rhythm, because the way that you've been living your life is very forced right now. It's very forced, and it may not feel that way, but you're feeling pressure. Even before the coronavirus came, even before any of this hit our land, you were under pressure, and Jesus says, come to me. And so, I know the coronavirus has put all kinds of pressure on so many of us right now in this season. It has made us live with uncertainty and fear. But I would argue that even before this thing hit, there are so many of you out there right now that have been experiencing fear and uncertainty because of job loss or because of family relational ties or whatever, something falling through, friendships broken. Man, bank account's empty. I don't know what it is. Some of us are worried, where is that next paycheck going to come from? I, I get it. I understand it. But in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all this, I do believe that this is Jesus' invitation here. He's saying, hey, come to me, depend on me. Don't try to do it yourself, don't try to make this happen, don't try to find your own solution in this season. Come to me. And so as we—I don't really want to talk as much about all the, the fear that's surrounding us so much in the season and speak into that. Jesus says, fear not, so many times in Scripture. Yes, I believe that, but I really want to look at how Jesus responded in the midst of the season that he was in. When he faced a season of pressure, when he was under the microscope, when everyone was watching him, because I think if we watch and see what Jesus did— we can kind of get the idea of what we're supposed to do in the season or what it's supposed to look like for us. And so I want to go to a scripture this morning. It's found in Matthew 14. You can turn your Bibles to it right now or run to your bedroom or run across the room, open it up. We're going to Matthew 14. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a preface right now, um, context as we head into this. Which you need to understand before we get into the story, while it's about feeding 5,000 people, it's more than that. What we see in this actually is right before the story happens is John the Baptist is beheaded. And some of us are going, who's, who's John the Baptist? I don't, I don't know who that is or what that is. This is basically Jesus. If Jesus is Batman, this is his Robin. All right, This is his partner. He's been clearing the way. He came before Jesus in the sense of he was baptizing people. He was speaking of the message. He was prophesying of Jesus' arrival. And man, he was a mover and shaker for the kingdom. He was Jesus' cousin and he was Jesus' friend. And we're going to enter the story, and Jesus is finding out that his friend, his ally, this person, is dead. And so this is where we come in on the heels of the story. It says, As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowds as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked toward heaven, and blessed them. Then he, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Man, that's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. But what I see most importantly is this is I see Jesus showing us what it means to respond under pressure, under uncertainty, under hurt, under pain in a moment where he was so vulnerable and just needed to process probably what was going on, this is the story we find. And yes, it's about feeding 5,000, but I think it's about how to respond in times like these. And so as we see this story, I wanna talk about the first thing that I see from Jesus in the story. And the first thing I see from Jesus is that he ran to God. In the midst of finding out about hurt, of losing his friend and, and all of that, he runs to God. He goes and tries to get alone. He tries to get to a remote place. And as I was reading scripture this week and, and the theme of this week, you know, God will try to speak to you in different ways. I feel like God was sitting there to me own Taylor, you've got to fight for that time with God. Like there's going to be so many things in this world that try to pull us away from these remote places, these alone places with God. And you got to fight for that. Because social media, relationships, your job, your kids, all that super important stuff, but not more important than what Jesus did first, which was to spend time with the Father. And I just felt like God was saying it to me and maybe saying it to you, you got to fight for this right now. you got to fight for time with God. You got to make that the priority. Everything you do, that's the lifeblood of this of how you live and how you love and how you look and love like Jesus. So, man, I'm just encouraging you right now in this season what does it look like for you to run to God in your most vulnerable moment in the fear and the panic and all of that? You know the disciples knew that Jesus uh, he leaned into this time with God, this alone time with God. They knew, understood that one of the secret sustaining practices, not even a secret, that Jesus did was pray to the father that 's where everything came from that 's where all the moments and a lot of us I use this kind of idea of like run to God. Well, what does that even mean? Well, when the disciples ask Jesus, when his, these closest guys around him are like, okay, Jesus, obviously you've got something figured out here. You do something. You relate to God in a way we've never seen before. You relate to the Father. Teach us like how to pray. And this is what Jesus gives them for the response. Jesus says this. He says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. You know, it was just over a year ago, back in December of 2018, that I uh, I was in a season of where I was feeling the pressure, and it, it wasn't necessarily anything that we're dealing with now or any of this stuff, but uh, I didn't understand what it meant to spend time with God, to run to God, and how to how to really do that. And I had a a day where I went up to the Abbey out in Newburgh here uh, with a bunch of other youth pastors. And we were just encouraged to spend some time with God and and just kind of talk to him and speak to him and and all these things. And just to kind of summarize for you what happened is I, I left my phone. I left everything. I had nothing. I didn't even have my Bible with me. Nothing. All I did was go and start walking. And eventually I came around, I came up this path and this stream. And what there is, is there's two chairs sitting there, two wooden stools. And I just sat down at one of the stools. And I just, I mean, I want to say I pretended, but I didn't pretend. I just talked like God was right in the chair next to me. And I just sat there and said, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going on. I don't think I can do this. And, and I, I wish I was that bump, but it says don't role play before God. So I got mad and I was frustrated at him and I gave him the hurt and I said, I can't believe you're doing this right now. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I, I'm not up to the challenge. I can't even do this right now or do that right now. I can't even be there in my marriage or in my relationships. I can't be present because I feel so much under pressure. And I just sat there and I talked to that chair next to me and I talked to God and I let him have it. No phone, no Bible, none of that stuff. And I just, I just unloaded. I didn't role play. I didn't try to go, hey, I know you're good and I know you're faithful and I trust you in all of this. No, 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 I just gave it to him. While those are all true, Sometimes God just wants us to come to him simply as we are, how we feel. He knows it. He knows it. So just go to God. In the midst of the season, I want you to run to God. I'm encouraging you, Sunrise Church, whoever's watching today, to run to God. And it's like, what does that look like? What does that? I'm going to say a lot of us are tempted right now to run to social media. Like, that's where a lot of us are tempted. We're, we're tempted to run to social media. We're tempted to run to maybe judging the people through social media. Some of us are tempted to run to the store and stock up on toilet paper or whatever essentials. And I'm not here to make fun of or do any of that, but... Man, we're so, our, our country is so polarized right now. We're on opposite ends of what's going on. And we got people stocking up, living in fear. And then we got people that are sitting back behind a keyboard and, and laughing and, and, saying, and, and putting on their tough face. And I get it. I understand. I'm not judging. I'm just going, man, how do we live with each other? How do we show compassion to each other in this season? How do we not run to judging? How do we not run to trying to stock up on groceries? How do we run to God? And I would say that basically a lot of us, social media or judgment or whatever it is, you, maybe you run to alcohol, maybe you run to drugs, maybe you run to pornography, maybe you run to all kinds of things in the season that help you feel like you're in control. That's why people are running to the store. Because it makes them feel like they're in control, that they can make it through what's going on. And that's why people are running to on Facebook and judge, because that helps them feel like they're in control of what's going on. And we all do it. I've had my moments in this season where I'm going, should I be stocking up? Should I be doing this? And then I've had my moments where I've laughed online at the great memes that are going around right now. But I think God is just sitting there in the middle of saying, Taylor, I I, I know there's all kinds of chaos. There's all kinds of things, but just run to me. And so maybe for you that means just put the phone aside. Maybe that means for you to just... Man, invite some people over, have dinner, whatever it is. Not worry about stocking up on all the groceries or panic or any of that things. But maybe for you, it just means simply to sit there honestly before God, pouring out your heart, telling them you're scared. Telling them, we don't know how long this is going to last or if it is going to go away or what. I mean, we've never been here before. It's a, it's a crazy time to be alive. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, run to God in this season. First and foremost, whatever you do, run to God. And then the second thing I believe we see Jesus do is we see him serve others. He's tired, he's exhausted, he's mourning, all these things. He's in the boat, he's trying to get away from people. I think we've all been there. And uh, he's he's trying to get away, and all of a sudden, it's like this crowd is following him. They see or hear where he's headed, and they're like, all right, we're going to meet him there. And Jesus gets out of the boat, you know, he's looking at him, and he's going... He has every chance to go, no, I don't, I don't got time for this. I don't got time to do this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spend time with God. I'm trying to get alone and mourn and and do my own thing and and maybe quarantine myself. But yet he sees the crowd and he has compassion on them and he serves them by healing the people that everyone's bringing, by feeding them all 5,000 plus people in this time. It's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. And what I love about it most is that we go, oh, well, this is Jesus. Yeah, but these people showing up in this season, in this moment, aren't there because they necessarily know who Jesus is. They're there for what Jesus can do. And that's a crazy thing because a lot of us are looking at people around and going, oh, Taylor, these people are crazy. And I would say, yeah, but I would argue that we're all doing the best we can in this season. We're all doing the best we can. And that's tough. It's not easy to accept. You're like, no, 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 people aren't doing the best they can. They can do better. And I would say, no, we're all doing the best we can with the uncertainty and the fear and not knowing what's next. And this is a a tough time to be alive. But in the midst of all this, Jesus truly invites us to live. And this is what he says in scripture. And I think this is so important for you to see is Jesus invites us to live. And what he means by that is like, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. I had a friend reach out to me this week and in the midst of all this chaos and everything else, he texts me and he's like, man, is the church doing anything to shop for the elderly? Because I would love to shop for the elderly. I'm like, dude, way to have your eyes open and and your ears listening to what's going on and ways to serve. Um, you know who you are. And uh, man, my wife on Friday, we're, we're at Fred Meyers and it's chaotic and there's all kinds of things going on and all this. And I'm kind of... Um, doing my own thing in my own business, trying to get things done at Fred Meyers. I'm at customer service, all these things. And as we're walking into the store, I'm like in mission mode. My wife is looking and listening for opportunities to serve. And we walk by the can returns and she sees, she's a homeless man sitting there and and collecting cans. And all of a sudden she comes up to me and she knows who it is because of her past experience and working in the homeless shelter here. And she goes, I know who this is. I'm gonna buy them a meal. I'm gonna serve them. It's a cold night. The snow's coming in Saturday morning. And that's what my wife does. And meantime, I'm like, I'm being honest with you. I'm trying to get in and out of the store. And there's my wife who's got her eyes and ears open to serve in this season. Seeing moments that we are all looking past, including myself. People are hurting, people are struggling, and it's how do we just remind ourselves that we're humans and to just have compassion in the season, to really let our hearts explode out of our chest for the people we're around, not to judge. I get it, it's crazy, it's wild but how do we serve? How do we walk across the street? Our rhythm is disrupted right now. We're quarantined in our houses for, in a sense, how do we just knock on the neighbor's door and go, Hey, I just want to check in with you. You're doing okay. Do you need anything? I mean, you're like, I, I, I could never do that. Yeah, but this is a new time. God is doing a new thing in this season. Things are opening. Doors are literally opening into people's hearts Your neighbors may be so receptive to building that relationship with you. This is that time to walk over across the way that God's been nudging. Go. Just knock. Ask if there's a way to serve. Ask if there's a way to love. Ask if there's just a way to be there and to listen. Man, you don't don't need to wait for some big event to happen. Just show compassion. Love your neighbor. Literally walk across the street. Walk across the road. Knock on the door. Ask for forgiveness. God's disrupting your rhythm because he knows. He knows what it really means to live. He's saying, hey, you really want to live. You really want to live. You really want to find life in all of this. Lay it down. Give it up for me and for the gospel. This isn't about you. It's not about stocking up. It's not about, man, sitting back and, and... being safe in your house right now. It's about going out, obviously taking precautions, obviously being safe, but going out and loving people, meeting people right where they're at. We haven't been here before, and I'm going to keep saying this, and so we don't know what to do. And I would say Jesus modeled it for us. Serve others. Show compassion. Do something you haven't done in this season. Meet people where they're at. That's what Jesus did. And then I believe the third thing Jesus models for us is the importance of community. And here's Jesus trying to get alone. And I would say if, there, if you're trying to get alone, the only time you should ever be alone and, and try and isolate is if you're going to spend time with God, if you're trying to isolate with him. But Jesus models for us, if that's not what you're doing, then be in community. Be in community. Be around people. Here he is. He's hurting. He's mourning. All these things. He's he's literally having a meal with five thousand people, five thousand plus, and his disciples. These twelve men that he's been doing life with and and teaching them so many things. And he's with them. He's experiencing this with them. Man, what a what a powerful picture of what it really means to be like in community and. If I was just to really encourage you in this season, man, fear, it's, it's trying to isolate us. It's trying to keep us alone. It's trying to keep us from reaching out. It's trying to keep us behind our screens, watching Netflix by ourselves, playing video games. All these things to keep us isolated. And man, now there's families out there that thought spring break wasn't coming for another week that are actually going to get a week together right now. They're going to have community in their house right now. And I say, don't miss out on that. Don't let go of that. God is disrupting your rhythm because he wants to give you a new one. And, man, I I know you're like, we haven't sat around a table and had dinner for a while. Or maybe you're like, I don't even know where the board games are at. Or I don't even know. That's fine. I'm not saying you can't watch a movie together, but do it together. If you're in a small group, man... Get with your community this week. Don't be afraid. Be smart. Wash your hands. If you're sick, stay home. Don't put people sick. But in a season where the enemy is trying to isolate us and make us afraid, I'm telling you, no, no, no. Gather with those around you, your friends, your neighbors. Talk about Jesus. Be encouraged. Pray for each other. Don't let up. Don't God, Jesus is going, hey, I needed this in my moment of humanity. You need this too. And that's what we are as the church. We need to be together. We need to gather in this season. We need to be the light. And I know it's scary and we've got fear, but that's okay. That's why you've got them. Everyone's praying. Everyone's going through the fear together. Everyone's going through the unknown, the uncertainty, and the pressure together. And if you don't have a small group, if you don't have a community Just reach out. Like we said, go to that connect card. Make that post on there saying, hey, I need community. I need people in my life. I need to be surrounded by people who are praying for me and loving me and supporting me. And that's why I'm telling you. Just reach out. That's all it takes. That's what we want to do. How can we serve you? How can we have compassion for each other? I want to leave you with just one final thought here and I believe that in this season it's it's so applicable, is this final verse. It says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You know, one of the things that I, I think a lot of us wrestle when it comes to religion or faith or following Jesus is... Um, we oftentimes are sitting there and, and uh, going, okay, Jesus says, do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and then I'll be good enough. And that's really hard to hear. And it's actually tragic because that's not the gospel. See, the thief's purpose is to come and to take the gospel message, to take this season and to leave us in fear and isolation and panic. We believe that there's an enemy working and this is how he works. But Jesus goes, hey, hey, I have come to give you life. Not a bunch of rules, not a bunch of regulations, not a bunch of things that you got to follow to be accepted or known or uh, ability to come into church. He says, No, no, no. I've given you a way to live that's truly going to allow you to live. He says, Come to me. Are you burned out? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Have you been doing this whole church thing? Have you been doing this rhythm of nine to five? He's like, I will show you how to live. I will show you a way of life you've never experienced. I will show you what it truly means to come alive in this earth. And even though it's only temporary, I will show you what it means to live. Open up the gospel. Open up the Bible. Let him speak to you. Let him show you who he is. This isn't magic. This isn't something to get what you want. This is following Jesus. This isn't rules. This is a way of life that will truly set you free to live freely and lightly. You want to come alive in this season? You want to experience something beyond what what you're experiencing right now? Follow Jesus. You're like, well, I don't know if I can be faithful enough. Well, let me tell you something. Let me just give you the real truth right now. Jesus shows up on the scene he says hey to the disciples you feed them and they go they do the math they do what they can do they look at their own abilities their own independence and what they do is they say hey we got five loaves of bread and two fish that's what we got Jesus and Jesus like bring them here and at the meantime Jesus is looking at him and going man haven't these guys been around me enough haven't, can't they see that I can do anything? That I, I literally just got done healing the sick. And, they, and, and now they're questioning, like, how are we going to feed them? Send them to the nearest towns. And what I see in that is not something to poke fun at, not do anything but believe that the disciples are doing the best they can and to remember that the ultimate truth about following Jesus is that it's not about our faithfulness. It's not about how good we can follow Jesus. It's not about how how we can follow the rules. It's about how faithful Jesus is in the midst of our rebellion, of our ability to hurt people, of our ability to turn our back and to say things we don't mean. That's what following Jesus is about. It's not about us. It's about him. And it has nothing to do with how faithful you are. It has everything to do with how faithful he is. And so I'm just going to encourage you in this season where there's fear and there's scary and, it's, and we don't even know what's next. It's not about how faithful we are. It's about how faithful he is. And so I just, I'm going to pray here at the end. And uh, I just want to give you a moment here. You know, we believe uh, following Jesus isn't easy and you can't do it alone. But there's some of you out there that I just want to believe right now that have never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe have never heard the message told like that. Maybe you've have always looked at church as rules and regulations and you do this and that. And it's okay. We Sometimes as Christians we do a bad job of promoting the good news. It's good news. It's not about us. It's about him. And so I just want to give you a moment to accept the forgiveness of Jesus. To really surrender your life to that. And I know that's crazy and kind of weird maybe. And you're like, I don't know what to do here. Well, all I'm going to do is just invite you into a moment of prayer. I'm just going to invite you into a moment where you can just let go and say, I surrender. That's all you have to do. That's the point. It's his faithfulness, not our faithfulness. And so, I really want you to just say these words with me. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've never made him the Lord of your life, just say these words with me. Everyone, wherever you're at, bow your heads, close your eyes, and I just want us all to surrender for a moment. Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I'm broken, and I need to be fixed. But, Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ was sent for me and that he died a death for me and then after dying he was raised from the grave and he conquered sin and he conquered death in that time and he took all my mistakes father and he cleaned the slate for the past sins, for the current sins, for the future sins, man he (laughs) took care of it all because that's how good you are. And so, Father, some of us, we just need to surrender and just say, I surrender right now. If that's where you're at, if you just need to let go, if you just need to trust God in this season, just say, I surrender. I surrender my life to Jesus. That's all it takes. That's all you need. Jesus, thank you for those that have given their hearts to you today. Thank you that you can work through technology. Thank you that you can work in the midst of chaos and fear and all this stuff. God, this is just, this is wild. And I'm praying over my own heart. I'm praying over my own ability right now to be able to just have compassion in this season. Praying over all of us as followers, God, that we would follow you. That we would run to you. Maybe the greatest thing today we could do is on a Sunday afternoon, we could go for a walk in the park. We could go to the woods. We could go to the beach. Maybe we just throw everything off and we just run to you. Because you're that good. And so God, wherever we're at, may we surrender right now. May we just run to you. Close the door, get to that secluded remote place and pour our heart out to you about where we're really at. We might be surprised what comes out. God, help us run to you in the season. We need.